chapter 15. One of my favorite chapters found in the Bible. It's it's one that, of course, details the resurrection and how that plays into the Christian's life. And Paul just takes the entire chapter. It's the longest chapter in the book of 1 Corinthians. And he takes the entire chapter there and dedicates it solely, basically, to the resurrection. But we're going to pick it up in verse 51. We're going to read till the end of the chapter. 1 Corinthians 15 in verse 51 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. All right, let's go ahead and pray. We'll get into the message here this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all you've done, Lord. Thank you for giving us your word. And Lord, as we look at the promise of eternal life uh, through the resurrection that you provide to us, Lord, uh, thank you for that. And the Lord, I pray that you meet the needs here that are present. We went through the prayer request, of course. Lord, meet each of those according to your will. And if there's one in here who has never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, today, but I pray that today be the day of salvation for them, um, that your Holy Spirit convict and draw them to you, and they put their faith and trust completely in you, Lord. And uh, just bless the uh, message, Lord. I pray that you fill me with your spirit, and also, of course, bless the activities going on after the service. We pray in your name. Amen. All right. I think this this particular, the entire chapter, but this particular passage uh, in the chapter, I think is one of the most triumphant passages found in the Word of God. And uh, Paul here is, of course, he's closing, he's finishing up this de- his detailed discourse on the resurrection. And he does so by describing what occurs, what will occur at the moment that we pass from death into life. Either through death itself or through the rapture. Um, and if this, if this passage doesn't get us excited, uh, there's little in the Bible that will get us excited. Um, this is just this is what we live for. This is what we cling to. This is our hope. Um, and it is, it is our earnest expectation that we, uh, that we look forward to. And of course, when we think about, when we look at the world today, and there's not much place you'll find hope. Um, hope is not found in the world right now. It, the world's falling apart. I, we had, uh, I was talking to a technician here this past week, and he's, he was just talking about how crazy everything's getting, and even the churches, accepting all the transgender, and he saw a church that had a, you know, a pride flag hanging on it, and he's just like, this is not right. And I said, everything's, everything's turning upside down. Um, there's, no, there's no hope found in the world today. But God is a God of hope, and he does not leave us without hope. Um, he has us living on this earth for this time, and in his perfect will, he knows we're supposed to be here at this time. And so we can, we can, we can 
be assured in that and cling to this hope that he gives us. And, of course, it is that hope that we should be focusing on in our life. Can't focus on the circumstances. We'll get dragged down. We need to focus on the hope that God gives us. And there should be a reaction when we have that hope in Christ. And that'll, well, that's how we'll finish up the message here uh, when we get there. But first, uh, I want to bring out some things here that, that maybe should excite us and provide that motivation that we need to keep serving for God. And so we'll break it down into, into three main points here. Uh, number one, we'll see that our flesh will be changed. Um, and then number two, our disease has already been conquered. And then the third point here, the application, is that our actions then should be constant. And we'll get into that here in a few minutes. But first of all, our flesh will be changed when we pass into life, from death into life. Verse 51, we'll read here uh, through 53. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not, not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. This is... Uh, a passage that is filled with promises of what is going to happen. The trumpet shall sound. The dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. And then he goes on to say this corruptible must put on incorruption. It is in- inevitable that this, corruption, corruptible, this corruption puts on incorruption. It puts on incorruptible. Um, and that is just something we can't understand. We don't know a world where there is no corruption. We don't know a world where our body has not been corrupted by just living in a sin-cursed earth. This decaying flesh will soon perish and it will be changed into something that is far more glorious. All our aches and pains, they'll be gone. And this is the hope that every Christian has. You can look at Romans chapter 8, that touches on that. How all of creation is groaning under sin and we're waiting for the redemption of our body as it is put. The redemption of our souls has already been completed. For those of us who have been saved, who are trusting Jesus Christ for our salvation, our souls have already been redeemed. But our, and our bodies are waiting to be redeemed. And while they're waiting, it's, it's hard. Um, the, the effect that sin has had is enormous. And again, we can't even imagine a world without sin. But we are waiting for the redemption of our bodies and something that will transpire when we enter into heaven. And what a day that will be, as the song says. Uh, when, we, when we put aside the, the corruption, put aside the, the corruptible flesh, and we put on incorruption. And stepping into heaven with a perfect body, it's, it's something that I don't think about often enough. Uh, but it provides such a source of hope for us. And we'll receive glorified bodies that cannot be touched with sin. They cannot be touched with pain. With age, it's going to be forever. Incorruptible. And what a bright future we have because of this fact. So when we're dealing with these, the struggles of life, and especially here pertaining to the body, just think there is coming a day that all our flesh will be changed from corruption to incorruption. And this is what God has promised. It is inevitable. It will happen. And we can look forward to that day. Secondly, our disease has already been conquered. Verse 54. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 
But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I cannot wait to utter those words through experience. Death is swallowed up in victory. We can utter that now and know it, it w- that it will happen with certainty. But to actually say it after it has happened, when we experience that death has now been swallowed up in victory, is just something, we, uh, just something to look forward to like none else. Like nothing, nothing else can even compare to that time. But we can only say this because the disease, and of course I'm not talking about physical disease, I'm talking about the spiritual disease of sin. We can only say death is swallowed up in victory because our disease of sin has already been conquered. Sin is a defeated foe. And its end in our lives is drawing close. It's coming close. The the time that our sin affects our body, it's not going to be for very much longer. And then we'll be in eternity with the Lord. But it is still fighting desperately to destroy us. Sin can and will still win some battles in our lives. But it has already lost the war. It may make some gains while, here, while we are here on this earth, but it's already been defeated, ultimately. Of course, Christ made sure of that. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 2, another favorite passage of mine. Colossians chapter 2. start reading verse 13. It says, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a few of them openly, triumphing over them, in it. I just love the imagery that it gives here as Christ takes the sin and the strength of sin, which is the law, all the thing that was convicting us of our sin, and he takes it and he nails it to his cross. Can you just imagine Jesus Christ taking the handwriting of ordinances that was against us and then taking them to his cross and just nail it. I love the imagery that it gives here. And then he goes on to say that he made a show of them openly. After he spoiled them, after he defeated them, he makes a show of it openly. I believe that is referring to the resurrection. He's proving he is victorious over death. And if he is victorious over death, he has given us life. We were dead in sins, but he has quickened us. He has given us that life. So sin, death, the law, they have no hold over the Christian. The sin that drags us down has already been soundly defeated. But we oftentimes live almost like we're expecting to fall prey to sin's temptations. Like when the temptation hits, oh, it's inevitable. I'm just, I might as well just go ahead and sin right now. No, it's, it's not inevitable. Just because Satan keeps throwing the temptation there and throwing the temptation there and throwing the temptation there does not mean it is inevitable for you to fall to that temptation. He doesn't know the future. He's just going to keep putting it there, keep putting it there. We have the power to overcome that sin through Jesus Christ. The sin and the law and death, they don't have power over the Christian. They have already been defeated through Jesus Christ. He has already given us the victory. We understand, ultimately, our sins have already been paid for. But here on this earth, 
He has given us that victory. If we just trust in Him, move forward in faith, live in obedience to Him, we will be victorious over those temptations. Don't act like you're just going to eventually fall, because you will eventually, you will fall then. Know that we can have the victory over this through Jesus Christ. Our disease of sin has already been conquered. And as far as death is concerned, physical death, death is not something to be feared by the Christian. That is what will escort us into the presence of Jesus Christ. And you hear these deathbed stories of those who are saved, and it's something they look forward to when death is coming, and they're like, man, this is it. I'm about to step off into heaven. And it's something that we can, we can know for certainty. And it can give us just, a, just such hope when that time for us comes. It's not something that we need to fear. It's just it's going to escort us right into heaven. So our disease has already been conquered. Death has already been swallowed up in victory. And the moment death overtakes us, when our heart stops beating there for the last time, and the soul departs the body, we'll be able to say, death has swallowed up in victory. Death may think it has won, but it is merely yielded to the inevitable of Christ's victory over it. So our disease has been conquered. Thirdly, let's turn back to 1 Corinthians 15. We'll see... As a result of this, how we should act. Our actions should be constant. Verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Therefore. Why is that therefore there? Because of what has already been talked about. Because of the victory that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because sin has already been defeated. Because we will soon be changed and we will triumph over death. Because of this, therefore, you should act accordingly. You should be steadfast, unmovable. Several commentators, as I was preparing for this message, made the distinction between steadfast and movable in, in this manner. They said steadfast is being within yourself and unmovable from outside influences. And I think that's a very good a way of looking at it. Being steadfast within ourselves. If we're not steadfast in our personal walk with God, we will be easily moved by outside forces. Ephesians chapter 4, I believe it is, touches on this. If you're not grounded in Christ, you'll be swept away with every wind of doctrine. But those who are steadfast in their personal walk with God, and that is strong in their life, the winds of doctrine, all the winds of, of hardship, will not move them nearly so easily. They're steadfast within their personal walk with God, and because of that, they are unmovable by these outside influences. Again, a Christian who remains steadfast in their faith will not be moved from their faith by any other source. There must be a weakening of that trust and that walk with God first, before they will be moved. I'm going to read a verse here out of Psalm 118, verse number 6. The psalmist here saying, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Like, the Lord is with me. He has that steadfast walk with God. The Lord is with me. What can man do? They can't do anything. He can't move me off of my faith. The Lord is with me. What can man do? But man can't do anything in that situation. Unless God, of course, first allows it. So we must be steadfast, unmovable because of the victory we have through Jesus Christ. Because heaven is waiting for us. 
we should be steadfast, unmovable. And then we also see another thing we should be doing is always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because there will be a time when we receive our rewards, we should always be working. The word abounding there actually says to, to overabound is, is the definition of it. Not just being pretty involved, but overabounding. And I love the definition of always. I was thinking, how would I define always? And I just, you know, all the time. The, the definition for it is every when. We think everywhere, we're familiar with that, but every when. I'm like, I've never heard that before. But every when, any time time is occurring, we should be abounding in the work of the Lord. It's just amazing. And, and we know that we will receive a just reward for our labor. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 says that he's not unrighteous to forget all we've done for him, that he will reward us for all the labor that we have put in for him. And that's what this verse says as well. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the, in the Lord. The labor, the toil that we go under, that as we're serving God and, and sapping our strength, God's not going to forget that. He's going to remember what we went through here on this earth for his name. And he will reward it. And there's no better gift giver than God himself. Coming up on Christmas time, I'm not great at giving gifts. I kind of just leave that, leave that to my wife. There's no better gift giver than our Lord Jesus Christ. And when he rewards us, man, I, that'll, be, that'll be something else, that's for sure. And any reward he gives, it's going to far outweigh any hardships we face. We're not going to be like, oh man, I mean, that's a nice gift, but I really went through a lot down there on that earth. No, we're not going to be thinking that at all. 2 Corinthians 4.17, as Apostle Paul said, this light affliction endured but for a time. And then we are stepping to heaven, being with the Lord for eternity. He will reward us justly. And because of this, always be abounding in his work. Every when, be abounding. So we'll go ahead and, and, and go into conclusion here. Again, just a, just a great passage. I love it. It is so uplifting, but it has that practical application. Because we have this hope waiting for us. We shouldn't just be sitting around. We should be active. should be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be steadfast, unmovable. And then, of course, the song. Think about the song here. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. And I was, as I was studying, I was thinking of Warren McGee. Some of you guys may not know him. But a man who was in our church uh, for many years lived in a state of basic poverty. Um, never complained, always had the right attitude about it. Warren's not thinking about his poverty right now. All the things he had to put up with, all the conveniences that he didn't have, he's not thinking about that. He's with the Lord himself. And all the trouble of this earth will be nothing compared to what we receive in heaven. So knowing this, remember, sin has already been defeated. We will be cha- our bodies will be changed into an incorruptible body. Stay steadfast. Stay busy. Heaven will be sweet regardless. But how much sweeter will it be if when we enter into heaven, the Lord says to us, well done. How much sweeter it will be then. Let's go ahead and bow our heads, close our eyes.